This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer and it is time for episode six of our Pump Rules Rewind. I'm here again with Sammy. Hey Sammy, how's it going? Hi Dylan, I am ready for episode six. We're at the halfway point of season one now. We're barreling right through. A lot is happening. We were just talking before we started recording about how this season is so short that major relationships start and end and it's like keeping everything straight that it's like, okay, so, you know, Laura Lee is maybe only a major player for like two or three episodes, but they burn hot and fast and we might never see these people again. But this season, what a what a trip. You know what it is? None of these people are taking any time to process their feelings. So when you're not doing that, you can just skip from one very intense relationship to the next without, you know, with barely a sur shift in between. Well, they don't have time to sit and think about these feelings because they are hustling on their other career paths because Kristen tells us Lisa doesn't just want them to be servers and bartenders forever. She wants them to pursue their passions. So I love this little montage at the beginning of the episode of everyone hard at work on their artistic careers. We have Kristen and Laura Lee running a scene together for who knows what. Sheena is in the recording booth, of course. Tina asks Stassi to style her photo shoot. And Stassi is so excited because she says, that'll be great for my book. I'm like, what what jobs are you out here trying to book? Max Max Vanderpump is playing his guitar. Good for him. And then Peter, there's a, a film screening of a film that Peter produced and Schwartz acted in. No, Sandoval then, acted in. Oh, Sandoval acted in? Yeah, okay. And then after, after the screening, they're like, what did you like about it? And Laura Lee says something and then Jax is just like, what she said. And he, they laugh hysterically. That was my favorite, maybe my favorite moment in this episode. Among many, this was a really good episode. But that was unreal. When they were doing like a focus group of Peter's like home movie that Sandoval, it looked like an art house film in the worst way. They should put that on Peacock. Like that should be like a little extra that they just throw out there. Peter, give it to us. Peter was was planned to be a main character, clearly. He's very prominent in all in every episode so far. Yeah, I forget because obviously he has stayed around throughout the entire show. So you kind of think now, like he pops up here and there, like every once in a while, he like gets a a couple words in, you know, like he might have an episode where he kind of is in a conversation. But I, I did kind of forget that in the first couple seasons, he was really like a part of the group. And while he didn't have his own storylines, like he really was present. Right. He had also dated Stassi and didn't he like hook up with Katie? So I think that at that, he was probably very like loomed large in the group. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> who else? Who else is looming large in this episode? It's Frank. This oh, is yeah. really, this is really like the denouement of uh, Stassi and Frank's relationship. But at the beginning, things are going okay. Stassi's in her new apartment. She's trying to work on her column for the Divine Addiction. It is not a blog. Don't you dare call it that. <laughs> In her closet, there is this clothing rod that has fallen on the floor, and thus her clothes are just in a pile. And Frank had put up this rod. And so Stasi tells us that Frank is the kind of guy who puts up the closet rod, but it might fall later. Whereas Jax was the kind of guy who doesn't even put it up in the first place. What a bum Jax was. Frank's great. I mean, accurate? Accurate. But also, Frank is... Just because he puts up the pole, it, like, makes more of a mess later. Stasi is so clearly, like, going between these two horrible guys. But it's also funny because she compares them at every single yeah. step of the way. Like, everything Frank does, she compares it to something Jax has done and why it's either better or worse. Right. He's making – he's, like, sort of making fun of her column that she's writing. And she says, look – Frank loves to have goals. He like ha- is super ambitious, but the thing is he doesn't think fashion is like serious. Like he doesn't take it seriously. Whereas Jax, great dresser, he's a model, he knows fashion, but he doesn't have any goals. It's like, babe, both of these dudes suck. <laughs> right. Also Frank's commercial real estate and she's trying oh. to ask him about it and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, our development, like we own it. It's like, who's you? We? Or are you just working for a guy? He just seems like bullshit. It's very cringeworthy to me. We'll get more to that in a little bit. But going into this episode, there is trouble in paradise for Jackson Laura Lee, uh, paradise using that loosely, because Ken says, well, while Lisa is at, at home with Melanie, the Sir publicist, who says that they should try doing happy hour. What a concept. <laughs> um, she says, Ken comes in and says, it's very... Tom, I can't believe that Tom Zanzival, like, it, it kind of called back to that. That's exactly he, what I was going to say. I think this was his first rodeo at producing, yeah. at dropping a rumor that Lisa fed him. Yeah. So he says, Did you hear this? This rumor that Jackson Lorley were fucking in the sub bathroom. <laughs> Security walked Secure. into the bathroom and they were naked in the bathroom floor having sex. <laughs> it's what's funny is like, Obviously, from the first moment we hear this, there's no doubt in my mind that it's true. I yeah. can't imagine there's any doubt in Lisa's mind that it's true. But we have to do this like this like extended performance of like, Jax, Gnarly, do you know what you had to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> right. And they still denied it. They still tried to deny it. Right. The, so but in between, we do see them at a different restaurant going and having sex in the employee bathroom or whatever. Like, I just don't understand if you're two adults with like another place to go. Like Jax lives, actually, I don't know where Jax lives now because Stassi kicked him out of <laughs> His her car apartment. in front of their apartment. Like, I I guess maybe the, the bathroom at a restaurant is the most like private place they have to have sex. But uh, it seems like Laura Lee really gets off on this like, yeah, like, I'm going to drag you into the bathroom and, like, we're going to do it and then we're going to have dinner. Yeah, I think ja- – well, I think Jax is saying it's, St- it's Sandoval's because, remember, they went and picked up his stuff mm-hmm. and the dog. And right. Stassi's very upset about the dog. So I think Laura Lee gets off on this whole doing it in public thing, the fact that she's so into it all the time. 
Right. And is just like, this is like new and exciting. And obviously Jax likes new and exciting things. Jax likes new and exciting things more than he likes commitment. <laughs> oh, yeah. That much is clear. I thought it was really funny just going back to the Lisa, Melanie, and Ken conversation. Uh-huh. At the end, Melanie goes, as your publicist, this is not a good look for them to be having <laughs> sex in the bathroom. It's like, wow, you're really earning that paycheck, girl. Melanie does it all. <laughs> she can suggest happy hour and she can give give you crisis PR when your employees are having sex in the bathroom. Right. Anyone who hasn't watched this yet, go back and look at Lisa's face as Ken is describing the rumor. You're watching her like make sure that he's getting the right, the words out right. And then where she should be surprised or like, oh, they're having sex in the bit because it's the first time you're hearing it in theory. She doesn't seem, she's totally calm. She's like, oh, well, oh, no. You know, it's very, you know this already. Right. It's a little rehearsed where I think Lisa, because obviously she was still on Housewives at this point and Housewives is a little bit of a, an atmosphere that she didn't have as much control over. Whereas on this show, I think obviously she has the executive producer credit. She is kind of like the, the maypole around which this show revolves. And like, she feels like this is a chance for her to kind of move the story along. I don't know where this, where this initially like originated. Jax tells us that it's true, but you know, Lisa kind of is a little more of the puppet master here, particularly with Ken. But yeah, I think she, you can tell in this episode, she likes exercising her control. She's, she has a meeting with Jackson Laura Lee to discuss this. She says that they'll be fired if it happens, if she finds out that it did happen, which is like, you already found out that it did happen. Right. They're just lying to you about it. Right. Like they, to- the person told you, they admitted that they got caught. Obviously, <laughs> like we don't have cameras, but okay. I loved that when they sit down for this meeting with her, though, (laughs) she's like, did you have sex in the bathroom? And Jax's first reaction is, are you kidding me? At the same time that Laura Lee says, at Takambi? We had sex at (laughs) Takambi. It's like, you you guys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's like, no, 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 not not at Sir, just at the other place. And it's like, oh, this is this is not going to go well for you. It's like two idiots are no match for her. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. 
Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal T-shirts. I love a black T-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50 percent modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash mention. So that's a meeting that Lisa has to have. And then Lisa has another meeting later in the episode with Frank because there is there's a situation at foot. So Frank was bartending at Sir, and this party comes in and they're ordering double chilled cucumber martinis. But instead of charging them for an extra shot in the drink, as you're supposed to bring in a double drink, he's charging them for two drinks, like $30, one double drink, basically. Have you ever um, heard of that? No. It's wild. It's, right. Like, he never actually, like, explains why he did that, because obviously he should know the difference. But then, so, of course, the people in this party come up, the guy comes up to him and is like, that's wrong. And Frank's response, rather than like, oh, sorry, I ring, I rang it up wrong, or I'll fix that, or here's a drink on me, he says, if you can't afford it, get out, basically. Fuck you, you peasant. Fuck you, you peasant. Go back to your fucking ugly girlfriend before I embarrass you by pulling your underwear over your head, you fucking nerd. And <sighs> then he, and then the guy threw a beer at him, and Guillermo sent Frank home. Like, what Just such egregious behavior. It's like the guy didn't even – the guy was right, first of all. Right. And he wasn't, like, doing anything that bad to Frank. Frank has an anger issue. I think that's what we got to say. Frank has an anger issue. And Lisa's like, Lisa's like, well, you know, this is unacceptable. And, like, obviously – and he's like, no, but I always get good tips. And Lisa's like, well, this guy didn't tip you. And he's like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well – don't you know? And he's like, well, yeah, he didn't tip me. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this guy threw a drink at you. Obviously, he didn't tip you for charging him wrong and, like, being nasty about it when he brought it up. But it is it is just watching him, like, be cagey about this situation in which he was, like, extremely in the wrong. And Lisa just at that moment to be like, you know what? This is over. Yeah, I mean, it was such an obvious fireable offense. Like, it's so offensive that he would do that. And just so terrible. There's this, again, I think production kind of comes into play because there's this back and forth later in the episode of like, well, 
So Frank got fired for that, but Jackson Laura Lee got caught fucking in the bathroom and like they just got like a slap on the wrist. Like that doesn't seem and it's like, well, Frank Well the customers don't have to know about Jackson Laura Lee. <laughs> that's true, but also Frank is not a main cast member on this show. So Lisa Lisa doesn't have the like production incentive. Whereas like if she fired Jax six episodes into this season, Jack still has to stay on the show, whereas Frank is only on the show now because of Stasi, and, you know, he's got about 10 minutes left. Yeah, I also just think that, like, the customer forward, if this really happened, like, in a, not, yeah. on the, you know, not on the show, like, and he genuinely did this just because he did it, that's, like, really, really bad Yelp review. Let's just say that. Right, <laughs> right. You get a Schwartz and Sandy's style yeah, Yelp review. exactly. But, like, rightfully, like Backped- violent. Yeah, backpedaling a little bit though. It was it was so funny to me that they're they're on the way to meet Stassi's parents. It's the first time Frank is being introduced to them, but Lisa has called him in for this meeting, so they have to make a pit stop on the way basically. And Frank is like, I have no idea what this could be about. And it's like, "Sir, you got sent home from your last shift because you you verbally assaulted a customer and then got a drink thrown in your face. What do you mean you don't know what the meeting with Lisa is about?" <laughs> Right. His whole act, like, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I didn't do anything wrong. I wanted to get fired. I threw the drink so I could get fired. It's just absurd because, like, he's like, oh, he's like, I have this commercial real estate thing going on. I don't know. This was very – did you notice the Sir Alley was not even purple yet? Yeah. The Sir Alley looks so different. I love that Stassi's just like hanging out in the alley while Frank has his chat with Lisa. And then she thinks he's – pranking her when he says he got fired. And then she's like, great, I have to introduce my parents to this unemployed douchebag. And, you know, Dana and Mark, I think his name is Mark, are, are like They're drunk, so drunk, they don't care. Okay with it. They got a bottle of Stoli on the way to lunch. It's like, okay. <laughs> Where are you just drinking this vodka? Like at, are you BYOB? Right. I'm like, did they, did they drive there? Like what? Right. What? That's I was also very confused. I was yeah, how are they getting home? I was very worried about that. What are you drinking? Is that a is that a mojito? Just vodka. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was very much interesting. Interesting parents. It was interesting. Frank is, you know, spinning like, you know, for, Sir was basically a side hustle that was getting in the way of his commercial real estate career, which I don't actually think is a, any career to speak of. But then <laughs> We'll see. We we learn the story. He's he's talking to her parents about how she has pretty girl syndrome. Oh my Basically gosh. that she like relies on other people, aka him, to do shit for her. But then we find out that she was not always such a pretty girl because she was like a loser in high school and got a chin implant for her high school graduation. She had a round face. She had a round, she had a round face. She didn't date. And she was a goth looking nerd. <laughs> I think she had black hair at one point. That's like what yeah. that amounts to. But then the, the most troubling part of this scene is that her dad pulls out a flask that has a gun embossed on it. And attached to the flask with a rubber band is this childhood photo of Stasi. He tops it off. Frank turns it over and is like, is that a gun? And Stasi's dad just goes, you're not a Democrat, are you? And Frank's <laughs> like, like, no. no. And they're like, thank, thank the God. Lord. That was so what? like shocking. The, just You just didn't expect it. You didn't expect that on one side of this flask 
was going to be a baby picture and the other <laughs> side was a gun. And the next comment was going to be about his political stance. And then they're like rejoicing that he is, you know, a Republican. I mean, whatever. That's their that's their thing. But all of it makes a lot of sense where Stasi came from. It's crazy, though. In, like, 10 seasons, you can probably count on, like, one hand the amount of times politics have actually come up on Vanderpump Rules. And the first instance of it is just Stasi's dad being like, you're not a Democrat, are you? And then being like, thank, thank God. That was just so <laughs> – I mean, this is a guy who just called his daughter homely as a child. So the guy is – yeah. And the, and her mom was like, she came home and ate bread from the inside out. She'd start from the inside of the loaf and work her way out. Like, it all makes sense how Stasi became Stasi. Yeah. Like, I do think maybe we, we get to see people's parents on these shows and it can really be illuminating about where they come from. And while Stasi, I think, has made a lot of poor choices and said a lot of things that are uh, not great. There is something to this where it's like Stasi is stressed about this lunch because it's the first time she's introducing her like questionable boyfriend to her parents. Meanwhile, her parents are like just wasted. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're like, yeah, it's been a successful time. This was the best time I ever introduced my parents to my unemployed boyfriend. And then she, the, so they're in the apartment later and Stasi, Stasi's like, so, uh, you know, what'd you think of my parents? And he's like, oh, she's like, are you going to give me anything? And he's like, they were the best people I've ever met. I love them so much. Like, he's like a, a shithead. But he's also, so over her. But also it's like, what were you supposed to glean about her parents from that lunch? That they kind of, that they like kind of treat you like shit and they're wasted all the time? Like, okay. And they're Republicans? Right. Right. I honestly think that she, that he is like so clearly over her and and she knows she's saying like, I feel like you're being so rude to me today. Like everything you're saying is just rude. And obviously people get in bad moods, but he was so obviously like, I don't want to be your bitch anymore. Right. It's I mean, it's funny that in the same episode, Jax and Frank are both getting sick of their great new relationships that, you know, Laura Lee is telling Jax, like, you're my favorite person I've ever dated. And all of the things that I've been wishing for, for the last five years, it's like, you heard all those things and are like created just for me. And Jax says that he's definitely not a hundred percent of the way there with her and probably not even 50% of the way. It's like, okay, well that's a failing grade. So uh, <laughs> that relationship is not C worthy. And then oh Frank gosh. and Stasi have been together for like, we talked about last week the timeline is unclear but like certainly not more than a matter of weeks and and we're already like um okay so he hates you and you're like mad that he's not basically being your servant so this is not going to work either <laughs> yeah frank won vanderpump zero and i think that um that what they're also setting up very conveniently is that Stasi reconciles with Katie. They go over for they have, you know, a wine, a wine and a cry, basically. And Katie's like, I really cared about you. I didn't think Frank was good. I really think Jax was better in this situation. So they're setting it up for like Jax to be sick of Laura Lee, Frank and Stasi to be like no more. And 
now Stassi and Katie are reconciling, which kind of will like lead the group back together conveniently for the second half of the arc of the season. Right. And there's like this, um, you know, Katie is sad because right now they can't hang out as a group of six. They can only hang out as a group of four. And they're, you know, the group of four is out together. And that's when they find out that Frank got fired. So it is, you do kind of see the the strings at work a little bit that this season, there's only two more episodes after this and uh, before the reunion. And like the arc is sort of coming back around and it, yeah. it is like, it's skillful in the way that it's working. I don't know how much of this was kind of able to be planned or if it just worked out really well, but the fact that these kind of two, you know, sham relationships are happening and then they're going to like fizzle out and then, Thank God we can get back to, as the Lord intended, Jackson Stassi, maybe yes, Barbie together. and Ken <laughs> driving off in their Malibu convertible <sighs> with her ponytail flapping in the wind, oh my God. as Katie um, described them. But yeah, Stassi and Frank's final collision is pretty – it's a little tough to watch. He makes a driving Miss Daisy reference about taking her everywhere, which is just like – Okay. Um, yeah, and then she's like, I'm going to beat your face. <laughs> so she okay. she storms out of the apartment first onto the sidewalk. But then when he comes outside and is starting to like walk past her, she's like, don't run away. Like, don't, don't. Right. And it's like, you, you've you left just the building. Away. Yeah. He's like, you're bipolar. Are you kidding? You're walking away like a coward. She's just very, it's like Stassi. They're, they both are not really functional in this. They're not great communicators, one might argue. I don't think either of them are terribly invested in this relationship, but I think for Stasi, it just is more of a thing of like the last thing didn't work out. So now if this one doesn't work out, then it's going to be embarrassing. Like I'm on camera with this guy. I told all my friends that this was like the better guy. I introduced him to my parents. And then when he finally walks away, she just says, going through two breakups in a summer, God is literally trying to kill me. <laughs> okay. No, girl. God is not on Stasi Schroeder's side. He uh he's no. cool. He's trying to teach her a lesson. <sighs> I mean, <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. One moment earlier in the episode that I thought was really funny was when it was at Sir and Stasi, Sheena and Kristen are all there and Stasi's shift started at 6. Sheena's shift starts at 6.30. So Stassi clocks in at 6 and then is sitting down to just leisurely eat with Sheena. And Kristen complains to Peter and is like, that's not fair. Like, Stassi's supposed to be working right now. And she's sitting there eating, Peter. Like, she's eating. I'm doing all the tables. <laughs> I'm doing all the tables. Stassi says it's only three tables. I don't know that Stassi is a reliable narrator. but So besides the point. Right. Know? I mean, it is pretty out of pocket to clock in for your shift and then sit down and like eat your salad for 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, it was really 10 minutes. Right. I mean, it was 10 minutes. Kristen wouldn't would do the same. And she also wouldn't yeah. care if she wasn't mad at Stassi. Right. But it's just funny because she tells on her because she's mad at her. And then Stassi's like, you're such a micromanager. <laughs> With the, You're so right that she wouldn't care if she wasn't mad because she specifically is like, no, 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 Sheena can stay. I wasn't talking about Sheena, yeah. only Stasi. And Peter's like, no, 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 you guys can't be eating like in front of the customers at all, even if you're not late for your shift. And she's like, yeah, that's why I didn't change into my uniform yet. And it's like, <laughs> Peter trying to wrangle these women <laughs> and like 
Kristen just basically being like, no, no, no. I tattled on Stassi, but I didn't want you to carry it out in that way. Like I needed you to only be mad at her. <laughs> right. And also um, Stassi's like, why are you tattling on me? Why don't you just tell me yourself? And she's like, because I'm not a manager. <laughs> It's like, okay, this like weird hierarchy, like some rules apply, some don't. I just had to point that out because I think it's so funny. Obviously, there's bigger relationship storylines and stuff at play, but the kind of the daily drama of just who's who's mad at who, who's stuck at the restaurant, who doesn't want to work their shifts, who's leaving early. You know, I think in last week's episode, Stassi is like begging Peter to cut her early because she doesn't want to yeah. work out in the in the lounge with with Jackson Laura Lee. It's like having like I used to work a retail job and it's like honestly shit like this happens like it's like people are so dramatic and watching that like in a in a closed environment is so funny yeah I love watching them have to grapple with the like confines of work and money it's more exciting to watch their relationship dynamics also because they're younger within the confines of that rather than now where they're sort of working within the confines of like maintaining their image as public figures because that's now their career. But that's less exciting for us to watch because it's not as like, there's nothing for them to say in a lot of these. Well, and I think something that a lot of, a lot of the reality shows, this happens on Housewives too, bump up against is that these women don't have a reason to be in the room together unless there's like an event or a party or like a like filming schedule. But the fact that these people actually had to see each other at work, even if they weren't getting along, really yes. kind of moves forward the plot in a way because it's like, we don't have to wait for Sheena to have a dinner party where people are going to come together. It's like, well, I have work work in the morning, so I guess I will see my arch nemesis waiting tables. Right. You don't have that like natural reluctance. If Sheena's throwing a party, it's like, okay, well, then just don't go if you hate her so much. And that's I that's another reason I think that this show has been so successful and was from the beginning is that it was truly an organic environment. It's truly an organic environment, you know, Frank is going to go work on his commercial real estate property in Manhattan Beach. Best of luck to him and Best of luck, Frank. <laughs> Best of luck, Frank. Uh Laura Lee, you I think you wanted to get fired. I think Laura Lee's number is coming up next, uh but we will find out next week. But in the meantime, Sammy, thank you so much for joining me as always. Of course. Thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.